Our scripture reading for this evening will come from Numbers 20. Numbers 20, verses 10 through 13. If you're using one of the Red Pew Bibles, you can find that on page number 128. Then Moses and Aaron gathered, in the, gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me, to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and through them he showed himself holy. Back before this year began, I sat down and thoughtfully, I hope thoughtfully, uh, considered some sermon series that I thought needed to be preached and that, um, that would help all of us to grow to be more like Jesus this year. And I've really been looking forward to this one, just on a personal note. The series is called Meltdown. When I became a parent, my wife and I started using the word meltdown quite a bit. It usually had a lot to do with sleep and it had a lot to do with food. If those things are insufficient when you've got really small children, you're risking experiencing a meltdown. When kids just lose control and all sense of reason and ration, rationality, all of that just goes out the window. And it's really hard if you've been a parent to try to console a child who is going through a meltdown. Several times in scripture, you find cases where people who are otherwise sensible and reasonable, otherwise God-fearing in many cases, people that just lose all sense of what's right and what's good. And so here are how the four lessons are gonna go. Tonight, we're gonna talk about Moses in Numbers chapter 20. So open your Bibles there if you haven't done that. We'll talk about this passage in a moment. Sometimes there are meltdowns in our lives because we're frustrated and angry. And that's what happened to Moses. But as we'll consider next week, Lord willing, the apostles were once in a boat and the external circumstances, the storm and the waves coming into the boat caused them to kind of have a meltdown and they shook Jesus awake and said, do you not care that we're perishing? Sometimes it's the external things that are happening to us in our lives and the, the weight of the problems that we're experiencing and the severity of them. And we can kind of lose our sense of who God is and who we need to be. In two weeks, we're going to talk about Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter four. Some people experience meltdowns because they're full of themselves. And Nebuchadnezzar stood up in Daniel four and said, is this not great Babylon that I have built? And God said, I'm gonna humble you, Nebuchadnezzar. And he lost his sense of reason for seven times, the Bible says, because he puffed himself up and did not exalt God. And some people, three weeks from now, they melt down because they're so afraid of what other people think. When Peter denied Jesus, that was a case study in having a meltdown. People kept saying that at the trial of Jesus, Peter, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? Don't you aren't, weren't you with him? And Peter keeps saying, no, 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 I wasn't with him. And he swears, the Bible says, that he was not with Jesus. 
There are a lot of things that happen to us in our lives and a lot of things we go through. And if we're not careful, really all of these lessons have to do with self-control. They all have to do with humbling ourselves before God. But if we're not careful, the things that are going on around us, the things that we experience, the things that we feel can cause us to lose our sense of what's right and to dishonor God. Let's talk about Moses and the rock. I mentioned this morning, my family recently took a road trip and it's been a while since the four of us have taken a lengthy road trip, but we have a rule. Many of you have heard about the rule that we have. The rule is the no grouchy rule. And how the no grouchy rule works is that when we get in the car before a long trip, we always as a family, we always have a prayer for safety, for safe travel, for to be a blessing to the people we're going to visit. And then the no grouchy rule goes into effect as the car reverses out of the driveway and you can kind of imagine what the no grouchy rule is. There are a lot of things that happen on a long trip that are going to frustrate you and that are going to cause you to be agitated and irritated. And you just can't be in close quarters with three other people for a long period of time without sometimes just getting a little bit, you know, just agitated. I'm usually the one that loses on the no grouchy rule. I'll just be honest. It's, it's, I know you find that hard to believe about me, but it's true. But I'm usually the one that loses. But the no grouchy rule works because we realize there are a lot of things that are going to happen on this trip. We can't anticipate them, but they're going to cause us to really struggle. And you see that happening with Moses in Numbers chapter 20, verses 1 through 13. As a matter of fact, let's just read the passage together and get a sense of what's going on here. And then let's make some observations from God's word. Numbers chapter 20, verse 1. And I want you to notice in verse 1, Moses' sister dies, Miriam, and she's the one, if you remember way back in the book of Exodus, that saved him when he was a baby. And Miriam, what she must have meant to Moses through the years, and so he's dealing with the loss of his sister in addition to the complaints of the Israelites. But listen to what happens. It says in Numbers chapter 20, verse 1, the people of Israel, the whole congregation came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month, and the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Now there was no water for the congregation, verse 2, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people quarreled with Moses. And they said, would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought this assembly of the Lord into the wilderness that we should die here, both we and our cattle? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and they fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Moses, take a staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron, your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as God had commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron, verse 10, gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Here now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and he struck the rock with his staff twice, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank in their livestock. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me and uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore we shall not bring this assembly into the land. You shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. These are the waters of Meribah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and through them God showed himself holy. 
Let's learn some lessons as we think about this meltdown that Moses experienced. In the first place, as you look at the passage, there's an old problem in verses one through five that rears its head. The old problem is the problem that had faced the Israelites or the Israelites had been a part of ever since they left Egypt. It was the problem of complaints. Did you know that when we complain, we are being faithless? When we whine and complain, we are being unchristlike. Philippians 2 verse 14 says, do all things without murmuring and complaining. And over and over in the experience of the Israelites, Exodus 15, Exodus 16, Exodus 17, and now when you get to the book of Numbers chapter 11, here in chapter 20, and they're gonna do it again in chapter 21, the Israelites repeatedly complain. They complain in two ways predominantly. In all these experiences, in all these cases, number one, they tend to say, Moses, Aaron, you guys are not doing a good job as leaders. Why have you brought us to this place? There's no water here. There's no food here. Why have you brought us to this place? That's usually the first thing the the people say. And then the second thing they say is, we were better off in Egypt. Isn't that amazing to think about? They were slaves for centuries in Egypt. And God, by his providence, brought them out, by his mighty hand, brought them through the Red Sea. He delivered them. And they said over and over and over in the wilderness, We had it better in Egypt. We at least had good things to eat there. And at least our livestock could live. And at least we had water to drink there. That's the way they complain. And so, as a leader, you can almost understand. You could almost justify and say, when Moses loses his cool, when Moses becomes so frustrated and angry, you might say grouchy, when Moses becomes that way, you can almost say, well, I understand why Moses did what he did. But the people complain. Be careful, be extremely careful when you hear yourself complaining. And stop and ask yourself the question, what am I complaining about? What am I expecting is going to happen as a result of this? And what do these words say about where my faith really lies? There's a divine solution in verses six through nine. The Bible tells us that God is petitioned by Moses and Aaron. As a matter of fact, over and over and over, if you read the book of Numbers, the Bible says when the people complain, when the people are upset, Moses and Aaron consistently, especially Moses, they go to the tent of the tabernacle of meeting and they fall on their faces before the Lord. It's a sign of humility, it's a sign of reverence, it's a sign of petition. It's Moses saying, God, I don't know what to do here. I don't have the foggiest idea. There is no water. The people are right. And what should we do in this circumstance? There is something wise about those who lead. If you're a parent, listen up. There's something wise about falling on your face before the Lord and saying, God, I've got a mess on my hands. And God, I I love my children so much. And some of the things they're saying are right. And how do I navigate this? There's something wise about elders falling on their face before the Lord. That's what Moses and Aaron do. They fall on their faces before the Lord. That's the best thing they could do. And the Bible says God gives very specific instructions. There are three instructions here. The first is, Moses, take the staff. 
This is the staff of Aaron, which had budded. You remember back in the episode where all the staffs of the potential leaders were set before the children of Israel and the one that budded was the one that God had chosen? Well, Aaron's staff had budded. That's the one that we're talking about. So it's the staff of authority. Take the staff from before the Lord and then assemble, gather the congregation. And then Moses, speak to the rock and it will yield water. That's all you got to do. It's very simple. Take the staff, call the people together, speak to the rock so that they can hear you speaking to it, and the rock will give water. Now, if you go back to Exodus 16, you'll find, Exodus 16 and 17, you'll find that on that occasion, at a different place called Meribah, the Bible says that God had told Moses to strike the rock with his rod. But not this time. Now, God says, take the staff, but speak to it. Just listen to what God says and just do what he says. That's all you've got to do, Moses. You're the leader. You're in charge. Follow my word. Obey what I tell you. And then you get to verses 10 and 11, the meltdown. An impulsive sin. Look at what Moses does. He stands up before the people and listen again to his words in verse 10. Hear now, you rebels. That's how he begins. Hear now, you rebels. You can tell Moses is upset just by the way he says this. And we can't read tone necessarily in Scripture, but you know when Moses calls the people of Israel rebels, you know he's frustrated and he's angry. And in fact, by inspiration, we have confirmation that Moses is really mad. You know how? Because in Psalm 106, verses 32 and 33, the psalmist wrote about this occasion. And here's what he said. They, the Israelites, angered Moses at the waters of Meribah, and it went ill with Moses on their account, for they made his spirit bitter, and he spoke rashly with his lips. Moses had had it up to here, and people have tried to psychoanalyze Moses for years. They read these passages in Numbers, and they talk about the stress and the burden of leadership. They talk about the fact that Moses and his personality was not one that wanted to delegate a lot. You remember back in Exodus, again, chapter 17 and 18, where Moses' father-in-law has to come along and say, Moses, you're going to wear yourself out if you don't start allowing other people to make judgments. And then you add to that the fact that Miriam just died. By the way, in Numbers 20, both Miriam and Aaron die. Talk about a transfer. Talk about a transition. Lots of things happening with Moses. And then the people are complaining and complaining and complaining again. And Moses is just, he's angry. You could say, yeah, I understand, Moses, why you're angry. I get it. But notice what's wrong here. Notice what happens in this passage that's not right. Moses' attitude is wrong. A couple of observations. The Bible tells us in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, that Moses was the meekest man in all the earth. Meekness is power under control. Meekness is letting other people have the last word. And if anybody could rein in and and have self-control, even when he's frustrated and angry, Moses had the ability to do that. But this passage reminds us, brothers and sisters and friends, you may be patient. You may be kind and you may be thoughtful and you may be sweet. And those are all wonderful things to be. But even the sweetest and the most patient of people can sometimes lose their patience. We need to be careful how we handle ourselves. 
in those moments. Strong feelings don't make a sin excusable. Does Moses have a good reason to feel the way he feels? I think so. I can understand what's going on in his life. I can see a little bit, at least a glimmer, a glimpse of what's taking place emotionally with Moses. But sin is sin, brothers and sisters and friends, and our feelings and what's happening around us do not make what we do excusable. Galatians 5.23 tells us the fruit of the Spirit is, among other things, self-control. Notice as well, the Bible seems to indicate in both, both verse 10 and then especially in verse 12, God's upset with Moses because Moses seems to be glorifying himself instead of God. He's not treating God as holy. He's certainly not following God's word, but it's also kind of about the Moses show. Look at me and look at what I'm able to do for you kind of an attitude. And Moses has a meltdown. Not only is his attitude wrong, but his actions are wrong as well. The scripture tells us that instead of speaking to the rock, he takes his staff and he beats the rock, strikes it twice. And God says, just, just look in your, in your text there. Numbers chapter 20 and verse 12. God says in verse 12, you did not believe in me. Now think about that. You did not believe in me, Moses. If you ask Moses, do you believe in God? Oh, absolutely, Moses would say. Do you want to serve and obey God? Absolutely, Moses would say. But here's the thing. With God, it's not just about what you say in your mind. It's about how you live your life. It's about whether you choose to do what God says, obey his commandments. Faith is trust with obedience. And Moses, you may be trusting God, but you are not obeying God's commands. You are unbelieving in the way that you're living your life. I'm also fascinated, like I said, about the previous account where God told Moses to strike a rock in a different place and the rock gushed forth water and all of Israel drank. But now God says, speak to the rock. You know, sometimes based on our circumstances and based on when we live in history and based on the instructions God has given to people, sometimes God's previous instructions for another people at another time in another place are not the same as the instructions that he's given to us at our time in our place. That's exactly the way it is in the difference between the Old and New Testaments. The things that God told those people in the Old Testament to do, to be faithful to Him and to serve Him, those things were for them. But the things we read in the New Testament, the perfect law of liberty, James 1.25, those are for us. And there's a need for us to rightly divide God's Word. Even though God told Moses to strike the rock one time, does not mean it's right to strike the rock this time. Because that's not what God told Moses to do. His actions were wrong. 2 Timothy 2.15, show yourself to be a worker, unashamed, approved worker, rightly dividing the Word of God. An impulsive sin. I know Moses for the rest of his life regretted what he'd done. I know that it, it broke his heart that he wasn't going to get to go into the land of promise. I know all those things are true because I've read enough about Moses' heart and his desire to serve and please God. I know that. Brothers and sisters and friends, sometimes those impulsive things that we do, those, those momentary lapses, those meltdowns that we experience, they can do damage that cannot be repaired. A painful discipline. God says to Moses, Moses, you didn't 
regard me as holy. You didn't believe in me. And one of the amazing things to me about this passage is that even though, even though Moses did the wrong thing, God still helped his people, didn't he? When Moses struck the rock, he was being disobedient, but God still made sure those people had water to drink. God always provides even when we sin. God still is good and he's faithful and he helped his people in that circumstance. But he disciplined Moses. He said, Moses, because you've done this thing, you will not be permitted to enter the land of promise. You're not going to lead this people. You're going to die before you get there. In Luke 12, 48, Jesus reminds us of this. He says, everyone to whom much is given, of him much will be required. When we are put in positions of leadership, whether we're parents, whether we're elders in the Lord's church, whether we're gospel preachers or Bible class teachers, whatever area of leadership we find ourselves, we need to remember to whom much is given, much will be required. From him whom, to whom they've entrusted much, they will demand the more. You know, there was a time a little bit later on after this episode when Moses came back to God and maybe things had kind of cooled down a little bit and settled down. And Moses actually prayed to God and asked, God, will you change your mind about this? Will you do something different? Deuteronomy 3, 25 through 27. Listen to Moses' prayer. He says, God, please let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that good hill country in Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me because of you and he would not listen to me. He said, enough from you. Do not speak to me of this matter again. Go up to the top of Pisgah and lift up your eyes westward, northward, southward, and eastward and look at it with your eyes. But you, Moses, shall not go over this Jordan. A few moments ago, we sang the, word, the song, Angry Words. Did you listen to what you were singing? From angry words and angry actions, friendships can be destroyed, churches can be harmed, relationships can be damaged, sometimes irreparably, because of anger, because of frustration, because we lose control. Remember the lesson of Moses. Remember the lesson of the rock. There are things we may do in the heat of the moment that dishonor God. Thank you for your good attention, listening to the lesson this evening. Maybe we can help you this evening to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe we can help you to become a New Testament Christian, believe in Jesus, confess his name, repent of your sin, be baptized. If we can help you do that, if we can pray for you, pray with you. We're happy to do that. Won't you come while together we stand and while we sing.